I begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of a land upon which this podcast is recorded and pay my respects to their elders, past and present. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may be listening here today. Jacob O'Neill. I thought I would just share a couple of pieces up front. I am very excited to announce that on the 20th and the 21st of May, if you are in the Gold Coast area or willing to travel to the Gold Coast area, I am taking part in an absolutely one-of-a-kind, first-of-its-kind event, which is called Weird Business, which is a series of innovation games and experiential sessions to pop the frame on how you view business. My session is going to be called Archetypal Business Alchemy. So if you are a masochist or just done committed to your personal and professional growth, I highly recommend you get along to Weird Business. I will drop the event link in the description so that you can click through from the show notes and buy your ticket. And also, upon listening back to this episode with Jacob, which we did record late last year, One thing I did want to clarify is that I have heard of a lot of people having very powerful medicine journey experiences, but what made Jacobs unique is that he had a profoundly positive medicine journey experience, going from being someone that had never really explored meditation, never really touched spirituality, and basically throwing himself in the deep end. You'll hear the rest of Jacobs' stories in the interview. However, I just wanted to make that distinction clear. And just one last thing before we dive into the interview, if you have been sitting on the fence about putting in your application for the high voltage business mentorship, just a reminder that the early bird cheeky bonus does expire on the 21st of May. So definitely jump through via the link in the show notes and get your application in to transcend from doing just business to igniting your cosmic soul aligned mission in business form. All the details in the show notes. Without further ado, here is Jacob O'Neill. I am very excited to introduce our next guest. I have got Jacob O'Neill here with me today, who I have the pleasure of calling a friend and the deep love and respect for him as not only an individual, but also as a facilitator. Uh, for those of you that are unfamiliar with Jacob's work, he is a recognized men's coach who has spent the last six years deepening his own passage into men's work, as well as facilitating others. Uh, he also runs Rights as Passage and is truly someone that I can say is very grounded in his spirituality. Uh, he is someone that not only talks the talk, but actually walks the talk. He's a leader who activates the power within a man's heart by guiding them on the path of initiation, ceremony and embodiment. And he does this so men can cultivate inner freedom, create deep intimacy and bringing meaning to their work. And Jacob just has this profound way of being able to speak to things that I think very few people have the capacity to speak to with such nuance and also no fluff. Jacob is very much someone that delivers things in a way that actually lands. So I'm really, really excited to talk to him today about this intersection of business and magic and his path into weaving those things into the work that he does. Thank you for joining us. So excited, so excited. I love these these two topics are just like when they come together and we mush them together, it's just like, it's, it is beauty. I cannot wait, let's do this. So I wanted to start off a little bit around your journey. And one of the first things that as I was getting to know you as a person totally took me aback in the best way possible. I think when you first shared with me how you got into spirituality, it was probably one of the first positive psychedelic experiences I'd ever heard. What was your trajectory into this work? Like, what was your, for those of you that are, those of you listening that are unfamiliar with Jacob's story, can you share a little bit around how you went from where you were to basically throwing yourself head over heels into this world of spirituality? I really, 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 really didn't understand spirituality at all. Yet I always felt connected to something greater, but that got layered you know, layered underneath all of this programming and this idea that I had to be so in control and so organized that nothing really of 
nothing really, there was no potentiality or possibility in my lifestyle. I was 24. I think I'd got, I'd, you know, I'd done a degree in marketing. I'd got a job in marketing. I was working as a, as a marketing manager and sales rep in a, in uh, the plumbing industry. And I'd really, I think I'd given up on all of that, not given up. I just like, it's like, that's no longer relevant because I need to be organized and controlled to be able to buy the townhouse, buy the new SUV, be ready for kids. And I didn't realize how, um, how indoctrinated I was. So I feel like I needed a, um, I needed the, the, the smack in the face. I needed the, the big bang to really bring me home. It wasn't going to be, I, and we've spent the last 12 months really getting to know each other, Jess. So you know that I kind of, I don't do things little bits. I have to do it all or nothing, which is a good and bad thing at the exact same time. But what it led to really was at 24, uh, my partner, uh, who's now my wife, Meg said to me, are you happy? You seem happy with where you're at and you don't want anything more. That's great. But I'm going this way. And if you want to come, you have to choose it for yourself. And I was like, oh shit here we go but what that opened me up to was the capacity to say yes to things that I didn't fully understand and I was able to create new experiences that I never would have and then that's just been my my life for the last eight or so years nine years that all started with a wachuma journey uh, which is a form of psychedelic it's a mescaline it's a cactus from Peru it's also known as the grandfather it's also known as San Pedro Anyway, I went and had this ceremony down in the Northern Rivers and I have never felt, I had, I had, could not remember the last time I had felt that kind of love. Like it gave me a reference point for, for love that I never knew. It was to the point where I could actually feel myself as the river, as the stones, as the trees. I could breathe with the earth. And I was like, there is so much more to this life than I've been letting myself feel. And as anyone that gets excited about this sort of thing, one of the beautiful uh, little pieces of advice one of the guys gave me at that, at that, the end of that ceremony, I was like, everyone needs to fucking do this. Every single person on the world needs to drink this medicine and come to this place and talk to the trees and feel the river moving through their veins and become the mountain. And everyone has to do this. And he's like, I love you, bro, and I love your enthusiasm. How about, yes, we truly believe that 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 is, that is a great idea, but what if this ceremony was just for you? What if this feeling was just for you? And over and over again, I've done upwards of, yeah, I probably sat ceremony probably 100 times uh, or getting close to with, with different forms of psychedelics, different forms of plants, different teachers, and every time, Every time it always comes back to, it's all here for you. It's all here for you, first and foremost. It's always my remembering. It's like I'm so busy trying to control change and fix and save and impact the world. But every time what they what, what these teachers, these, these beautiful master plants bring me home to is that this experience is here for you. Remember that. And everything changed after that. I just love how you shared that story because honestly it came so left of field. I remember we were sitting, I think at like Guzman and Gomez or something when you first shared that story and I nearly fell off my chair. I'm like, how is this guy so grounded and so, for want of a better way of putting it, embodied in the work that he does and, and for you to share that that was your initiation, I'm like, wow, like clearly that was just the thing that was waiting to peel back the veil of all this deep profound knowledge that was already kind of stored in your cells in some way because yeah definitely like I said one of the most positive psychedelic experience stories I've ever heard especially coming straight out of the gate um, and I love how it's opened you up to that and to me I think that's a really core pillar of magical consciousness that idea that it's all for you it's like it is that very much as within so without part of the hermetic principles mm. so in that respect, then that experience of perceiving the world as alive, recognizing this experience of this world around us having so much consciousness, how has that changed the way that you approach your business and how you interact with others now? 
it changed everything. I, I, I never knew that there was so much connection available. And I, I, I don't think it was long after I started to explore different books and different business books and start to consume content outside of the status quo, uh, outside of the mainstream media, dare I say. And I just realized that the the core thing that defines my experience is my relationship to other, to what I see as other and collapsing the space between those two things. And that led me on a path of being like, oh, if it's all part of me, if we're all part of the one thing, then like whatever experience I'm called to have is obviously meant to be. I started to have a lot of faith. I'm not a very, I wouldn't say I'm like religious or, you know, I use the word God all the time. I use, or I use all the different, I sort of span the genres, but I just started to have this awesome faith in the, in the unknown. And I started to embrace challenges and embrace the discomfort so much more. And I realized that, yeah, I love the process. I love the process of, you know, collapsing separation. And that comes to and 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 I realize what I love so much about this this what this this path has given me is like to see how attached I am to certain things or certain people, and yeah, it gave me. It's always given me. <laughs> I I often laugh about the idea of like oh, I was so I was so blissfully ignorant, and it's almost a burden to have a certain level of awareness in this modern world. And I've always played it up and been like, oh, it's so hard to be me. And because I'm so aware and I've always like had this grandiose guru God complex that I wrestle with as that I am the universe, but I'm also just a man. What I realized was I was like, oh, how cool is it that I get the opportunity to experience this process? whether it is in business and it's like, oh, I've got to run something. Oh, but I don't think I'm worthy of running that. Oh, but it's no, I'll just go back and do what I've done before. Or whether it's like, oh, I no, I don't want to do the, I don't want to do the ceremony. I'm too busy. I've got clients to sort, you know, I, I can't take a day off to go and sit with the trees because I've got clients that need me. And it's like, these two things are like the most beautiful. It's like, it's like a beautiful uh, polarity for me to dance within it's like, what is it that I, you know, where am I allowing my, my, my shamanic self to take hold and lead me astray into the cosmos and I become ungrounded and no one can really connect with me because I'm off in the ether? Or where am I so caught up in being something for someone and needing to be the coach, be the, the, the mentor or the guide that I forget that I have my own connection to source and I'm here to support others in creating that for themselves rather than me being that for them so it's like this almost this beautiful spectrum that i get to gauge my my, my own sense of being upon i love hearing you speaking to that because i think that is where so much of the nuance comes in as someone with consciousness or someone that has has done that work to peel back those layers of perception and to start to expand into other ideas and dimensions dare i say it um, but I, I love how I see you continue to play in this space of, of what is magic, what is business, what is me, what is other. And like when I messaged you the other day for your birthday and you told me that the day of your birthday, you decided to run an ultra marathon, <laughs> um, which I, one of my other dear friends is an ultra marathon runner. So I have in depth kind of blow by blow. <laughs> race feedback from him quite regularly of all the epiphanies and ideas that he's come to have in that way. But I love the fact that when I hear you speak, you understand that it's not just about sitting with the plants. It's like, it's the every day. It's like, mm. you know, what does it mean to, to meet myself physically? What does it mean to meet myself in business? What does it mean to meet myself in this really pure spiritual, like more conventional spiritual way? Mm. Um, and I understand this is something you've taken into relating as well. Like what is, how has this, um, I guess, influenced your relationship with Meg? It was really the, I really feel like my relationship was the thing that catapulted me into this whole spiritual path or magic, magical shamanic path. We, 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 from very early on, we made an agreement 
sort of after like probably a year into our relationship that our relationship was going to be a container for spiritual growth. That was very confronting for me who was quite traditional in my beliefs. I was like, the man works, the woman stays at home, or the man works, the woman will eventually be at home with the kids. So I need to, you know, get myself into a position of career security so that we can have this safe, certain life. That is not at all what either of our souls wanted to create in this lifetime. And by coming together, we got to experience the resistance that we had to staying grounded and having some like longer term goals, as well as jumping off the edge of the cliff and trusting that we'll figure out how to grow wings or we'll we'll know how to bend our knees when we hit the bottom and not break our legs. It's a, uh, yeah, it's been a really, once again, that spectrum and almost like those, having someone that's like committed to the same path as you and like willing to grow alongside you and, and grow a union together. It's, it's a complex thing, but when you really see it as serving you and your, your greatest potential, it becomes a gift. The challenges become a welcoming, like you welcome them in as a gift. This is obviously here for a reason. She's obviously reflecting this back to me for a reason. Otherwise she wouldn't be doing it because we're both committed to the same path, which is our highest potential. I love that. I really did want to speak into it because I feel that's the other thing that I'm really exploring myself is that dissolution of the barrier around so many pieces, as I spoke about before, how I see you dance with those nuances between self, other magic business, whatever it may be, like relationship hundred percent comes into that, like nothing more than money, death or relationship is going to bring up all of this stuff. Right? So what was it about men's coaching that spoke to you so much when you've had this awareness of, possibility and opening of potential it was the ultimate mirror like it was the true like meg reflected back as an aspect of me but she's a woman the plants reflected back an aspect of me and gave me access to different realms of consciousness but once again they're a plant they're stationary they they grow and stay in the same place they're not a man so what men's work really really afforded me was this like true reflection of where I'm at and where we are at collectively as men. So it really allowed me to see what culture I was perpetuating and what potential I had to influence that culture to become something that I believed was more harmonized with health, vibrancy, thriving, essentially the good stuff. So that's why men's work, I think is like, it's not the answer to everything, but if you don't incorporate it in your life as a man, you're missing out on probably the harshest, the harshest mirror. Cause you know, like Meg can, Meg can leave me. Meg can tell me that I'm a, a lazy fucking asshole and she can leave me. And I'm like, Oh cool. Like she's a woman. She doesn't know what it's like to me. The plants can kick my ass and show me all of my shadows and show me all of my traumas. And then I spew, I cry, I come back and I'm, I'm, I'm like, oh, cool, fuck, that's, yeah, that's a plan. It doesn't know exactly what I've gone through. But when you receive feedback from a man or when a man stands in front of you and presents something that is, like, you know that he has been exposed to the same uh, suit, the same flesh suit as you and the same uh, societal constructs as you, there is a, there's no hiding. There's no, there's no misunderstanding. There's a real confronting uh aspect to that and that's something that I, I love that i love the 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 confrontingness of men's work yeah. i see there's would be so much potential for alchemy both personally in terms of bringing these dimensions of self that potentially have been hiding in the shadow to light like having these reflections and as you say being unable to dismiss them because having that awareness of, of similar goods like societal conditioning and all those pieces as you mentioned mm -hmm. before where do you feel, and I this again, having had conversations with you and heard you speak into this, where do you feel your edge is now? What is it you're leaning into next in terms of, of men's work and facilitation? Oh, I hate this question, Jess. 
<laughs> the the real the real uh the, the the edge for me is to burn so fucking bright that it's like that I fucking challenge the sun. Like my I always thought I was an earthy kind of person. Uh turns out that I like I have a fire within me that I've been like deadening <laughs> which I didn't realize like I I uh I I believe that I'm here to really really fuck it fuck humility like I'm here to put this shit in front of everyone I'm here to to be a, the spokesperson I'm here to be the tip of the spear and I have the I have the capacity to to shine that 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 awareness of men's work into the into the the modern world and that to me is fucking edgy because men's work has always been a secret society kind of thing you know there's so many men's work projects that play in the shadows they like we'll go and do the men's work separately we'll go and do the men's work separately and we won't tell too many people about it we just go and do it and we we do it we humbly quietly and then we come back and we pretend like it's never nothing ever happened and i'm like where is that fucking tall poppy syndrome that we go to the men's work thing to get rid of where are we not like coming back and allowing celebration of the initiation like the actual homecoming to be a part of the process so i believe that i'm here to celebrate at a level that is unheard of in the realm of men's work, which is what i like i'm a i'm a party animal at heart and i'm a raver and I love to be loud and I love to be obnoxious and I love to be the center of attention. And I think the more I embrace that and bring that through my heart with the work that I'm doing, the the easier or the more graceful my my work will become. So that's my biggest edge right now is just owning my 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 fabulousness, my flamboyance and and knowing that that's a part of men's work that needs that needs breath it need it needs someone to breathe it life into it you know we all do the wrestling we all do the you know where am i where you know let me do the shadow work with you okay yeah we're gonna do that all right um we're gonna do breath work we're gonna do ice baths we're gonna do this challenging hike uh, we're gonna do like all of these different things we're gonna write death letters and we're gonna journal about where we're where we want to show up better in our lives but i'm like when do we get to celebrate when do we get to like dance and when do i get to like lift you up and say how fucking awesome are you and i think that um one thing that came through to me really clearly which is i think i've always had a sense of it's all about me and i think i've been very uh indulgent in wanting to make money that's always been my biggest um personal challenge is making money i had a real clear thing come through recently in a journey which was all you're here to do is love them home and I was like, oh, that makes it easy. <laughs> that makes it so much easier than trying to make a million dollars. I still want to make a million dollars, but all I have to do is love them, love them home. And um, yeah, that seems to be, can't really remember where we were starting with this, but that's, yeah, love them home is the, is the, is the edge for me to continually love them home um, through the form of celebration. Mm -hmm. that's so much and I can resonate with so many pieces you were sharing about being the champion for this work coming out into the light that's a big part of why this podcast and the movement that I'm creating through my bodies of work is really about the resurrection of magic because magic has much been the same it's the thing that's done in secret it's the thing that's done in private and not spoken about and yet much in the same way it is it's that homecoming it's about the honoring of the soul and the expression of the soul and the manifestation of the soul's will into this mm. material realm so i love the idea and that flavor of celebration is something i'm bringing through so much for 2023 because you're right this work can get so serious oh <laughs> it's boring like i um i love like creating pattern interrupts in those moments where i just say something so politically incorrect in the moment to kind of break the seriousness and like bring the and that's like they always say that about the you know the the most seasoned guru is the one with the loudest laugh and they speak you know all of the people speak about how all the gurus they were the ones that were like having fun and like i'm here for you know the rage practices i'm here to take men into their into the depths of their 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 shadows and help them shine a light on it so they can be their full expression 
And the reason that I'm doing that is so that they can fucking dance and celebrate after the battle, not come home being like, what the fuck do we, do we actually, you know, do we have to go and do more of that or can we actually celebrate and complete the process and um, yeah, take a moment to really honor ourselves rather than, sorry, go on. Rather than look for the next challenge, look for the next thing to conquer. It was actually interesting. I had a really strange parallel drop into my mind as you were speaking. Then I think that even if you think about the process of, of birth through to death and then the idea of, of the wake and the wake being an opportunity for celebration and completion and, and the ending of a cycle, I think that often that's kind of missed in the projects we birth or the journeys that we, we undertake personally on a more micro scale so i really like the idea of celebration being that completion of a cycle as well to create space for something new rather than it being done through hardship you've gone through a death like there's been a death like initiate this is the this is what makes me wild jess like and i'm sure i can you'll get it because you and i are practically the same person I feel like we're so like everything, every, all you're saying, I'm like, that's in my head already. You're speaking as if you're in my head. Initiations that don't include an experience of death are not true initiations. Like nervous system regulation practices are awesome and they're needed. But if you're continually going and doing the same stuff just to maintain your current level of regulation, that's, eventually that will become a bypassing mechanism from the death that you're here to experience. Obviously it's egoic. You're not meant to hear this. I don't encourage you to go and just die physically, but there's an identity death that's awaiting you. And anytime you just keep regulating your nervous system and kind of like taking the edge off the call to step into a death experience, uh, that for me is like, I'm seeing this happen regularly. Guys are getting caught in loops where they're going and sitting in circle and they're taking the edge off. They're going doing breath work every week. And this was, I was a perpetuator of this. I continually gave men a place to come and just, you know, fine tune and, and, and just top up their, their energy levels for the week. And I didn't actually know where I was leading them. And I wasn't attuned to the fact that some of these men are awaiting an opportunity to die. But it's all starting to make sense now. I was like, oh, I wasn't fully integrated and embodied in my understanding of what the full initiation cycle required for me to fully empower them. I kind of would have probably just gave them the experience and then sent them on their way and they kind of would have been a little traumatized and I feel like there would have been regression. So understanding this concept of celebration, honoring the, the, the journey, acknowledging the homecoming and then allowing that to integrate appropriately is the piece that is uh so it's it's god it's, it needs to it's it's makes so much sense but uh sometimes it's not the um it's not the easy option well it is it isn't the easy option otherwise we do it right <laughs> and for me i i love that this conversation has gone from relationships to death because i mentioned that before if anything's going to bring stuff up it's it's money relationships and death so we've covered all three um in respect to death i've been working on a secret squirrel project which you're aware of and i'm not talking about it yet maybe by the time this comes out people may know a little bit more but i was reflecting as i was working through this secret squirrel project and i was looking again at the the classic four quadrants of erotic innocence as in the expression of a light masculine dark masculine dark feminine light feminine and clearly death sits in that quadrant of, of the dark feminine mm -hmm. and i find it really interesting that you talk about the the process of initiation and often that is quite it's it's um, there is a degree of masculine that takes place there it is the willing to willingness to penetrate and to hold and to forge forward and ultimately then to surrender into the dark feminine to then come back reborn mm. So I love the fact that you have completed the four quadrants of that map with celebration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just had like this whole vision of like conception of like a penis going into a vagina and like planting the seed. And it's like, oh, that's penetrative, right? That's what we're penetrating into. But the actual 
like life penetrating, like a soul penetrating earth is actually coming through the like the vaginal cavity. It's penetrating itself into the world. And I'm like, what is that? I'm like, oh, this like that, that, that. I'm like, both are like forces of death and birth almost at the exact same time. And this is where like almost like that collapsing, like death and birth cannot be separate. No. Like, and and that's I, I really experienced that when I was up north in the rainforest. Uh, I realized, and I'm like, what looking at the the forest floor, and I'm disgusted in the decomposition of the leaves and all the grossness. And then I look up and I look at these magnificent trees and the the gr bright green leaves, and I'm like, none of this can exist without the other. I'm like, this is, and I'm having like a mind blowing moment about leaf litter. <laughs> just like this is ah oh, this doesn't feel as as glamorous as i thought it would it's not um we're, you know i'm not in a cloak waving a wand you know levitating i'm looking at fucking leaf litter but i was like oh i it, it you cannot separate these things to to do like to experience the joy there has to be grief like the, 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 there is no one thing that can be separated from the other um which is which is which is which is a real head fuck when you're trying to stay safe and comfortable, but desire something more from life. Absolutely, and I think that that nuance and again brings us so perfectly back to to business. It's this pursuit of, I guess, when we look at the tree of life from the Kabbalah and the idea of this pillar of severity and this pillar of mercy, and ultimately birth sits in the pillar of severity. It's this idea of the death is inevitable once birth has begun. So as mm -hmm. we begin to die as we, as we are born, but in that sense, it's this pursuit of the, the middle pillar. It's the meeting of mercy and severity and the balance of the two. And that's often what we're kind of seeking in business. We're trying to find our own flavor of how do we merge these two poles and maintain some kind of cohesion to create a lifestyle for ourselves that we, we desire to live. So for you as someone that has this esoteric capacity to pull ideas through and to understand these nuances, how is it being in business? How do you find coming back with all this worldly experience to, to doing the, the typing on the computer and the serving of the peoples? Not good. Not, not good. <laughs> you, know, you know what I like. I see, like, this is one thing that I really respect about you is like, you, you take notes, you get shit down in the computer. I sit there and I'm like, I cannot, if I try to type right now, if I even move away from, I, and then I get on my, I, I'm like, I need to be almost like, like I said, I almost need to have someone like punching me in the face to understand things sometimes. And that's the same way. I almost need to be punching the computer to get my, get like what's going on in here into some format of, intellectual property that I can then share and add value to the world. I uh, I would love to just be able to have people come and ask me questions and I give them an answer and they give me thousands of dollars. That was, That's my ideal business model. People just knock on my door, ask a question, I give them an answer and they go, here you go, here's 10 grand. Uh, I haven't embodied that yet. I'm sure that'll come somewhere along the line, but I realized that I thought I was devoted and I'm not. I'm not devoted at all. I'm reactive as fuck. I just respond and I haven't really been the initiator or the, I haven't shown the initiative required to anchor the vision that I hold. And it was a fear of responsibility and it was a fear of being misunderstood. And it was a fear of being the weird guy with a weird imagination, the crazy guy that believes in shit that no one else does. And it comes back to my childhood of being bullied and being a weirdo and being odd and like having this fantastic imagination that I would get lost in for days. And uh, yeah, just integrating that and zooming out of my timelines. I got really caught up in the business world of being like faster, faster, more, more, bigger, bigger. So you can have, you know, the X amount, like I want to, I want to influence 1 million men's lives by 2025. Like, do you really? Is that your vision or would you like to go, do you want to own a mountain bike and do you want to be able to go hunting and surfing every day? What's, the, what's your act? What's, 
what's your actual vision? Is it, or are you just buying into the societal bullshit? So, or, or the personal development industry that more is better, quantum leaps every fucking day. So I feel that the timeframes that I've put on myself have been non-conducive with what I'm actually here to, the depth that I'm actually here to offer to certain concepts. And I'm not here to just regurgitate other people's quotes and other people's fucking concepts. Like if I hear one more person say nothing changes, if nothing changes or like quotes fucking Eckhart Tolle, or I'm just like, like sit with your own fucking thoughts and, 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 and cultivate something that is uniquely yours. We all end up in the same, you know, we all end up communicating the same thing, but what is your unique flavor? So that for me is, something that I thought I had to just be able to like quickly put out. But now I'm seeing this as a, uh, my life as a journey of deep service. So I'm not in any rush anymore. Like I want to write a book. I'm writing a, 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 I'm writing music. I'm writing an album. I'm, I'm creating a body of work that is not going to happen overnight. And the level of urgency that I was forcing upon myself is no longer required. So I'm playing the long game. I love how you speak into that too, because, and I feel like I've said that so many times this this conversation, <laughs> but it's so true. You touched on so many points so eloquently that part of why I was so excited to have you on. It's that piece of where we are existing on other people's timelines, that we buck what we perceive as a status quo to buy into mm. another dogmatic vision of what we are told we should want rather than actually tuning into what's most true. And I love that you have the humility to express that you have found a lot of this process challenging. And yet for those of you that, again, maybe are hearing Jacob for the first time, like he has established a very successful business and he's actually going on to do some really exciting projects in the next year or so because he has developed so much wisdom in his own way and mm. executing it in his own way, which is part of why I was, again, very excited to have you on. Um, so this unconventional business has been able to impact the lives of many, many men, including um, my partners, who I'm very excited is coming along to your next gathering of men. What is T-Gong, Jacob? <laughs> T-Gong. This is, you know that feeling when something is moving through you and you resist it. You know that, you know that kind of like, no, not yet. And it's like, but right now. But you're like, but I've got other stuff to do. And it's like, but now's the time. So I've had this, this recurring vision of, of 300 men on red earth coming together for a week to do like to, to really deepen into the full cycle of initiation, the full cycle of what it means to step into your manhood and become a pillar for healthy masculine culture not only here in Australia, but for the whole worldwide community. That was really big for me to hold and I was really struggling to see how it was going to start. Last year, I was just like, fuck it, I've got to start it. And I realised that I could not do it alone. I had, like I said, I had the, the Jesus Christ complex. I was like, nail me to the cross. Let me be the, 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 the pill, like the, the symbol for you know everyone to you know I want I wanted that I want I could feel that desire and it was really I just wanted to die so I could be free and didn't have to have the whole responsibility of doing this for the rest of my life but I decided to run a men's leadership program and part of that was to bring all of those men on as facilitators for my next retreat and I was like so I can normally get around 20 guys to come to a retreat for x amount of dollars what if I had 10 other facilitators and myself facilitating something at a price point that was available for men to come in and, and get a taste for what it's like to be challenged in a safe place, to experience what it's like to celebrate each other. And when one man wins, we all win, which is a mind-blowing concept for most guys who have been exposed to business and sport from a young age. And the third thing, which is like the most important piece, is that they connect deeply to their hearts, to nature, and to what I call the sacred brotherhood, which means that there's no expectation, but at any point in your life, you know that these men are here for you. And that's not that they're going to come around and cook your dinner 
because you don't feel like cooking dinner. It's that you can call upon the energetic power of the brotherhood to sustain you through challenging moments in your life, which is a fucking crazy concept that not a lot of guys realize, which is very much the, the essence of men's work, which is creating a healthy lineage so that when you pray, you pray to your direct ancestors and they say, let's go, motherfucker, you got this. You come from a powerful line of men and you can just break through whatever's standing in front of you or, or dissolve it and step through it. So the gathering of men is, is, is what will, is the force that is going to redefine masculine culture on a national basis here in Australia and then the world. So like this vision and the passion that you bring to how you speak to it, I, I find it interesting how you say you're not devoted. I think it's, it's inspiring to feel you have the humility to get out of the way to allow something so big to move through you. And I think that that's often this, this paradox of entrepreneurship. Uh, I think Carly Ryan spoke about this a little while ago. It's that idea, idea of knowing when to be humble and when to be confident. So I think so often we think it's about being confident because that's what we're taught. So it's like, oh, you've got to be confident. You've got to get out there. You've got to, but often it's just that humility to kind of get out of the way, which I think is something you're brilliant at. Mm. Thank you. Mm. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I really care about authenticity. I really care about, like, I, I, I really love, and this is where like, for me, like magic and sh like I, I feel we have like these these people that draw on source energy and create amazing moments. Like one of my favorite uh, my favorite poems is the Man from Snowy River, <laughs> and there's like there's an energy, there's an underdog. There, there's this thing in the Australian culture that we don't necessarily celebrate because we're scared of being seen as or celebrated as as great that tall poppy syndrome, but there's so many men that have the capacity for greatness and they're just waiting for the opportunity to bring it. They're waiting for the, the emergency to respond to. And for me, it's like, what if we could actually bring that energy without the emergency, without the drastic issue? What if it wasn't always, what if they didn't have to be an enemy? What if they didn't have to be a problem to bring this level of power to the world? Uh, so yeah, like I, I I look at like the man from Snowy River and this guy that like rides his horse down the side of the mountain with without fear and with a deep trust in his capacity and his connection to his horse and all this sort of stuff. And I see it as this like for me, I'm like, oh, that's that is like him deeply connected to the earth, to the animals, to the experience. And I'm like, oh, that to me feels shamanic. <laughs> It's not, you know, and I, and then at the same time, I watched, you know, the avatar and I'm like, oh, this feels right. And then I go out and I sit with my dad, who's the furthest thing from a healthy, he drinks cans of Coke. He, you know, he, he's a sugar laden 60 year old uh, inflamed man. <laughs> Yet there's shit that he says when I let go of what I need him to be for me to feel what I need to have. And he says something and I'm like, oh, you have a deep trust in the unfolding of life. You have let go of what it needs to look like. And in that you create fucking amazing things. So for me, what I've really let myself go into more recently is like, where are the shamans that don't wear the fucking cloaks? Where are the shamans that are not presenting but internally they hold the rattle internally they hold the feathers and they hold the deep connection to spirit but they're not necessarily uh presenting as that and that's been really really exciting um for me because it's breaking down all of the rules and um all of the ways i think it needs to look for it to be successful or for it to be of service it's one of those pieces that's so profound that it often gets missed that opportunity to receive the magic the shamanic in the everyday within the interactions that we're having with our loved ones with with the earth with poetry with music 
Like I feel it's very strange to me how, especially since embarking on this path, it seems to be that if I watch a movie or a TV show, there's like a deeper underlying message where I'm like, was it there before? Or am I just searching for this? Either way, this was perfect timing. Um, so I think definitely looking, letting go of what you think it needs to look like is a huge piece. <laughs> yeah, I reckon uh, ever since I understood the hero's journey, I feel like every movie has this like deeper meaning to me now. And I get deeply, deeply invested in these characters, these terrible, terribly made movies. And I'm like, yeah, but they're about to break through. They're about to go into the inmost cave and face the, you know, face off with their shadow. This is, this is good stuff. And then I remember that and I come back and I'm watching like this movie is horrible. This is a bad movie. This is terribly made. The casting's horrible. The storyline sucks. Yet I'm just so enthralled by that 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 concept of the hero's journey and seeing people have their breakthrough moment, even though you know it's coming. For me, it's um, I think that's part of magic, right? Is like letting yourself be in the potential, like in the excitement of it. I, I believe that there's a big belief piece in that, um, and that's when I tune into it, like we're talking, I said before about like my imagination as a child, I think that's, that's a really strong part of magic and shamanism that uh, is awfully simple, but kind of gets squashed out as we start to take on the responsibility of modern adulthood. Hugely so. I think that um, one of my other mentors, it's actually Sigourney, put up a post and it just takes on new layers and layers of meaning for me is that I do that magic is something that transcends dogma mm. because it is that capacity to tune back into the wonderment of the child and to suspend disbelief and to entertain the impossible that actually creates oh. a gateway for those things to come into being. I love that. Mm. Wow. Entertain the impossible. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Mm. So. Oh. <laughs> That's one thing I'm getting better at this year, pausing. Um, so I'm like, all right, so next thing. Um, <laughs> I would love for you to share any pieces that you feel are most relevant to the men out there that are listening to this podcast, thinking about this cocktail that is magic, that is business, that is life. What is one piece of wisdom that you would offer to the modern man? The, the, what, what's been really present for me recently is that life has no meaning and that's your job to bring meaning to every single moment. That's what we're here to do. We're here to create the meaning. Uh, that for me is really alive at the moment i think a lot of men are like what's the meaning of my life or what i don't you know what what should i choose it's like life has no meaning bro that's the beauty of it you get to choose and that's a very shamanic fucking thing to to drop into because it opens you to possibilities so you're saying that i don't have to be an accountant i can go and work at subway because i love subway sandwiches and i could become a sandwich artist and love that like yeah that's if that's your if that's what you want to do go for it the, the, the realm of possibility that becomes available when you realise that life has no inherent meaning, only that which you give it. What beautiful, beautiful invitation that is to just do whatever the fuck you want, which is kind of the audacity of magic, right? It's like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want and make it possible through my capacity to believe and, and anchor it in my body. And I love that. Um, I love that. The the yeah that's for me it's like yeah the 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 thing that it comes like that statement brings me back to is like have if you don't test your faith you won't have a reference point for what's possible if you don't test your faith and i'm not saying that you need to pray to god or go and you know sing kirtan or do anything in particular but if you don't find your edge and dance with it and see what level of faith you truly have in your capacity to meet the unknown, you're never truly going to experience what you came here to experience. And you're going to have those regrets and, you know, everything's perfect and all that, but fuck it, man. 
find your edge and dance with it. I think it's the most beautiful thing that we can do because it, it activates spirituality. It activates your magic. It, it activates magic because you're in the potential, you're in possibility, you're in the unknown, you're beyond the mind. I think that is just a really beautiful way to wrap that piece up, like find your edge and dance with it, particularly the word dance being the choice of adjective. I think that is very poetic on many levels. Mm -hmm. So what's next in terms of practicality? Obviously, the gathering of men is going to be bigger and better than it was last year, which was already epic. What else is in the works? The, 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 the thing that's coming through right now is my certification. So one thing that I've been really, really resisting is, is leading leaders. As I said before, it's an activation of me sharing the, the vision with others and calling them into an, another layer of, of ownership and another layer of uh, impact that cannot be done on my own. So I've created what's called the Embodied Men's Coach Certification. And this is for those men that have done the work on themselves and are ready for the next level of leadership, which is to lead other men. And this is beyond a modality. This is beyond the mind. This is beyond the body. This is your capacity to have fucking faith. This is really the whole concept of the embodied men's coach is to continually find your edge, dance with it, and then teach <laughs> the dance moves to some other men, <laughs> which is, uh, it's it, as, as fluffy and as ungrounded as that sounds, there is some really core principles that I'm here to teach other men. And I've got beautiful frameworks. I've got beautiful models. I've got beautiful, really, really simple yet profoundly life-changing programs and practices that men can take, experience themselves. And because I'm so passionate about integration, they are so easy for you to then go and share them with other men, to lead other men. And if you spend a day in my energetic field, my belief in you will rub off and you'll start believing in yourself like you fucking never have before because at the end of the day, that's my I believe that's my role is to celebrate the fuck out of humans to the point that they believe anything's fucking possible. Loving them home. So the Embodied Men's Coach certification is going to be unlike any other certification because it is truly uh, my unique offering. That is what I'm here to create and offer over the next 30, 50, 60 years and beyond. Really excited for that body of work to take shape and for, for people to start stepping into that arena and bringing this work into the light and into the hearts and hands of the men out there that need it. Mm. Jacob O'Neill, it has been a pleasure to have you on. I'll be sharing all of your contact details in the show notes for anyone that wants to reach out and I will chat to you guys soon. Amazing. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute honor. Big love.